Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline Sportsbook has all of your props, odds, promos, and parlays for the 2023 NBA Finals. Use our promo code BLEAVE. That's B-L-E-A-V to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the link in the description to this episode. Bet Online, where the game starts. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night. However, and whenever it is you may be listening, thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast, live on the Believe podcast network, except it isn't live because it is, as always, a podcast. And podcasts aren't live. It's the whole purpose of podcasts. You can listen however and whenever it is you may choose, and we appreciate you stopping in however and whenever you may be listening. Hope y'all are having a fantabulous, fantabulous day, night, however and whenever you might be listening. It is the wonderful, wacky Game 1 watch party here on the Take It Easy podcast, and we are excited to break it down with you guys. I've got a comedy show to get to on this wonderful and wacky Thursday night by the time that we are listening to this By the time we're recording this, I should say, not by the time we're listening to this, by the time we're recording this, I will be out and about at a comedy show. So we decided to throw on the microphones and break down the series at large. We're going to get the first quarter of the game in here. Uh, We're going to watch along as we get the beginnings of this broadcast, and then uh, we'll circle back around next week after Game 2 has been completed to do some X's and O's breakdowns of Game 1 and Game 2. So instead of doing the actual game analysis, just I know it's not going to age great, but just from our vantage point right now, the Denver Nuggets are 9-point favorites going into Game 1, and Vegas has about 50-50 on both sides. According to our friends at Bet Online Sportsbook, 54% of the bets for this game are on Miami, which is pretty close to the 50-50 number. Maybe by the time it tips and they update the numbers, it'll be 50-50 on the point spread. But nine points is as close as they could get to both sides getting 50% of the bets that way. Regardless of who ends up winning the game or who ends up covering the spread, Vegas ends up making money. Because that 50-50 is uh, usually minus 110 or minus 115 or something like that. And so whoever ends up winning doesn't win a payout quite as grandiose enough. They'll make profit no matter what. And so Vegas sets it at about a nine and a half, uh, a nine-point betting line. And the Denver Nuggets are minus 300 to win the game. And 
about 68% of the bets are coming in on the Nuggets, which if you're doing that quick math in your head, if they're minus 300 and they wanted to get 50-50 profit on both sides, assuming the Heat are plus 300, but I'm guessing the Heat are probably, oh, the Heat are plus 270. So they would want to get between 70 and 75% of the bets both ways. 68% is the current number. Again, it's not too far off from what they're shooting for. Vegas sees Denver as a heavy favorite in this game, and while it makes sense that Denver would be a heavy favorite in this game, they coasted through the Western Conference. They haven't played a basketball game in nearly 10 days, and the Denver Nuggets are favored in the series by a significant amount, playing game one at home. While it makes sense that Denver would be favored by this much, the Miami Heat have won games in this postseason while being this many point underdogs, five and a half point underdogs. Seven point underdogs, seven and a half point underdogs, nine and a half point underdogs, and 11 point underdogs. That's five wins in the playoffs while being greater than a five and a half point underdog. That's three games in the playoffs as a seven and a half point underdog, and two games in the playoffs so far that have had a greater point spread than the point spread the Miami Heat occupy for tonight's game against Denver. Because one of the tried and true rules of this playoffs is that Vegas doesn't know what to do with the voodoo magic of the Miami Heat. And I call it basketball voodoo magic because they find themselves down seven points and they climb back into it with six free throws and a Duncan Robinson three-pointer. Part of the reason the Miami Heat were the eight seed in the regular season while clearly being one of the four best teams in the East is their starting lineup played the fourth fewest games of any team in the league this year, their main starting five, and they were the worst three-point shooting team in the NBA. And those two things kind of went hand-in-hand. Max Struess and Gabe Vincent weren't shooting three-pointers at a high percentage. Duncan Robinson had struggled for the last two seasons to hit three-pointers. Then they get to the playoffs. Max Struess' shooting percentage is in the 30s. Duncan Robinson's three-point percentage is in the 30s. Gabe Vincent's three-point percentage at one point was in the 40s. And Gabe Vincent was taking shots at a super high volume in the three games they were winning against the Boston Celtics. Caleb Martin ended up being the Eastern Conference Finals MVP, even though Jimmy Butler got the award. Caleb Martin was the best player on the Miami Heat down the stretch during that run against the Boston Celtics. And that's an unexpected gift that they weren't expecting. And oh, by the way, Bama Adebayo, because... Caleb Martin is becoming this offensive scoring threat even better than Bubble Tyler Hero. And if you remember, Bubble Tyler Hero was a guy that the Miami Heat weren't willing to part with for James Harden. And this was Rockets James Harden. This wasn't Brooklyn or Philadelphia James Harden. This was Rockets James Harden. They weren't willing to part with Tyler Hero in a trade for James Harden. Caleb Martin's playing better than Bubble Tyler Hero for this Miami Heat team. And having Caleb Martin as the number two or even at times the number one scoring option on the team allows Bam Adebayo to be the player. And the reason why they didn't win the championship in 2020 against the Lakers and the reason they missed the conference finals, or sorry, the reason they lost to Boston in the conference finals last year, despite the fact that they had a game seven on their home floor and the fact that they were up, no, they were down three games to two, one game six, and then lost game seven. 
the ex- explanation behind that is Bama Adebayo can go one for four from the field in the first half and still be a plus 15, the best on the Miami Heat, because he's playing all-world defense against Jason Tatum and at times against Jalen Brown. And so because of Caleb Martin's emergence and because of Jimmy Butler at times being the go-to guy, but obviously the number one on that team, more so in the first two rounds of the playoffs than the conference finals, because of Caleb Martin's emergence as a number one or number two, depending on how you view it, number one or number two scoring threat, Bama DeBio is able to not shoot the ball and still be an incredibly impactful third or fourth best player on that team, and that allows the Miami Heat to have a defensive prowess that will probably get exploited by Nikola Jokic during this game, but for the most part, puts them on pretty solid footing when it comes to a roster that can overcome nine and a half point spreads, 11 point spreads, and seven and a half point spreads like it's nothing in this postseason. So the lines are set based on where people are betting the averages. And while I've heard a lot of people say nuggets in four, nuggets in five, the classic phrase I use for that is nuggets in four and a half, which is doesn't really matter if it's four or five, they're going to smoke them anyways. And the difference between four and five is A, the classic gentleman sweep argument, but B, whether or not Denver gets to close it out on their home floor or if they close it out in South Beach. Denver has that opportunity to win in four or five, according to a lot of people. And I said yesterday on the show, and I'm going to double down on it here, this series is going to go to seven games. That's the best conviction I can find for this series. And remember, I'm the person who is loud right about the Denver Nuggets. I said in February, the Denver Nuggets were going to run through the Western Conference. I said in February, the Denver Nuggets were going to go 12-3 and in the Western Conference playoffs, never face an elimination game during any of the first three rounds. They went 12-3, and never facing an elimination game in the first three rounds of the playoffs. I have been... So loud fucking right about Denver. So much so that we put together a promo video of me being loud right about Denver. I haven't edited the full video together, but we'll get to it sometime over the weekend. I have been loud, loud right about Denver all the way through and through. And yet I'm done doubting the Miami Heat voodoo magic. I don't know if the Miami Heat will win the championship, but they're not going to get smoked out in the championship. This Boston team that they just beat, that team was as good as Denver this year. That Milwaukee Bucks team they beat in the first round, as good as Denver all season. And you can point to Giannis Antetokounmpo being out two and a half of the four games that they lost. Understandable. Totally get it. We've been through this before. Find me a game in that series where having Giannis Antetokounmpo would have changed the outcome for the Milwaukee Bucks. Because I believe, looking back at that series, Giannis could have been healthy for all five games and they would have lost the exact same way that they did. And it feels more and more confirmed the deeper the Miami Heat go into this playoff run. I was saying that during the Knicks series, that Giannis could have played any, could have played every minute of every game in that series. They still would have lost in five. Because if I remember correctly, Giannis got hurt at the beginning of Game 1, and they lost that game by 22 points. And then Giannis missed Game 2, and the Bucks won. Giannis missed Game 3, and the I think that was uh, the game the Miami Heat beat the brakes off the Milwaukee Bucks, like blew them out. And then Giannis came back for Game 4, and that was the Hemi Butler 56-point game that 
felt like an experience as we were watching it. And then game five, Giannis played, missed a bunch of free throws. They threw the alley-oop to Jimmy Butler. They were up four with 10 seconds to play and lost. None of the games that Giannis missed, the results would have been different had he played. And so the Miami Heat voodoo magic is something that I am done doubting. And the best conviction I can give you is the series is going to go seven. I think that the Miami Heat can win a game in Denver, either game two or game five. I think game one's going to pretty firmly be in Denver's control. But then again, this could have aged completely poorly by the time you're listening to this. I think the Miami Heat are in a position where they are going to win one of the games on the road against Denver. I don't suspect that Denver will be able to win three straight games in the series. I could be wrong. Like, I don't feel strongly about how we're going to get to seven because we're coming off of a wacky series where Denver went to six games against the Suns and Jokic had 53 points and they shot 57% from the field and they lost. And in this Miami series, the Heat were up three games to zero against Boston and then blew the 3-0 lead and then won game seven in Boston. Like, if I'm thinking back correctly, the road team won five out of seven games in that series. Let's see, game three went to Miami at home. Game five went to Boston at home. So yeah, the, the road team won five of the seven games in that series. I have no idea what's going to end up happening in this Nuggets and Heat series in terms of the specific outcomes of games. I just don't think either team, and specifically Denver, is going to be able to win three consecutive games. In a row. Like, it's obvious if I said Miami's not going to be able to win three games in a row against Denver. Yeah, no fucking shit. Miami's not going to be able to do that. They're nine-point underdogs in all these games. It's highly, highly unlikely that Miami's going to win three consecutive games in this series against Denver. But if I told you Denver's going to win three consecutive games in this series, whether it's game one, game two, game three, or game three, game four, game five, or whatever combination you want to point to, I think Denver is going to have a problem winning three consecutive games in this series. And if just by basic math, if you're keeping track at home, if Denver can't win three consecutive games in the series, then the earliest the series can end is game five in Denver which would mean Denver wins games one and two, loses game three, wins game four and five, or six games. And maybe the series is Denver Nuggets in five and a half. Maybe that's what I'm articulating here. I just can't bet against the voodoo magic of the Miami Heat because while the Miami Heat are not a great matchup against the Denver Nuggets, and I've heard people all week talk about how Jokic is going to eat up Bam Adebayo for lunch because Bam Adebayo... I think per 48 minutes is giving up like 58 points per game to Jokic and 25 rebounds. Now, granted, per 48 is a larger statistic, but like Jokic dominates against Bam Adebayo because of what his skill set is as a big man. Whereas like Giannis, Bam Adebayo is like jokingly referred to as the Giannis stopper. At least he was in 2020 and again in 2023. Like, he's jokingly referred to as the Giannis stopper, but Jokic's skill set and floor spacing that draws a defense into Bam Adebayo leads to a double team kick out, three point shooter, or kick out and a dribble drive by either Michael Porter Jr. or Aaron Gordon or Jamal Murray, maybe even Bruce Brown, but specifically those three players works really well. Like, I've heard all the explanations about why Denver is the better team 
going into the series and beyond. And so I'm going to be really interested to see how that plays out where I think the Miami Heat voodoo magic can hold Denver to 110 points. Because I think Miami can get you 110 points against Denver's defense. Denver's defense was middle of the road for most of the season. People talked about how Jokic struggled as a defender, but Jokic was actually in the top 75% of defenders this year. His There's an aggregate defensive rating that had him placed uh, somewhere between 76% and 81% for most of the season. But he is the best defender on a team that found themselves... He is the best defender on a team that has been about in the middle all season. And in the playoffs, too, we looked this up when we were talking about the Boston Celtics after Game 5. Nuggets are ranked tied for fourth among teams that made it to the second round of the playoffs. So of the, the final eight teams this year, which if I'm just doing it off the top of my head, out of... Miami, Boston, Philadelphia, New York Knicks, Golden State Warriors, Los Angeles Lakers, Denver Nuggets, Phoenix Suns. Among those eight teams, Denver was tied for fourth in team defense. And the regular season, they ranked 11th in team defense in terms of defensive rating. So, yeah, Denver's kind of a middle-of-the-pack defense. I think Miami and their voodoo magic can get to the free-throw line. And if they get to the free-throw line enough times, we saw what they did against Boston, winning games with... Well, really, they they lost game six with 103 points, but winning games with 104 in game seven, uh, winning games with uh, 103, I think it was, in game game two, it was 111. So they won game two with 111 points. That was the game Jimmy and Grant were going back and forth. And then they beat the brakes off the Celtics, who were surprisingly not a great defensive team in the playoffs this year, and then winning the last game with 104 po- or 103 points. So... They almost won a game with 103 in Game 6. They almost won a game with 103, or they did win a game with 103 in Game 7. So if that's the number, I think they can hold Denver down a little bit. And we have just tipped off Game number 1 between the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets in the NBA Finals. Nuggets got a bucket on the first possession of the game. Bam Adebayo out to Gabe Vincent, who's guarded by Jokic. Vincent steps back on Jokic, misses a shot, Jokic gets the rebound, and we are off. And so, like I was saying before, I just find it hard to believe that Denver is going to be able to string together that many victories in a row, and if that's the case and the series goes six, I think Miami can claw out one of those games with 103 points. Maybe it doesn't even mean Jokic is playing bad, because like, We've talked about this before with Jokic as Jimmy Butler knocks down a second chance bucket, first score for Miami. It's 2 to 2. Like we were talking about this with the Miami uh with the sorry, not the Miami Heat, with the uh Jokic series against Phoenix. Like even if Jokic isn't giving you 53 points, even if he's not even giving you 25 points, Jokic can impact the game in so many different ways and that can change the tide and change the momentum for the uh, for the series because Jokic does it in different ways, and even if he's not the focal point of the offense. Same time, I think Miami can get to Denver and hold them to 100 points. They've been able to do it against every team they faced in the playoffs, and even if it's just for one game, I think that'll be the one result that we're not expecting gets flipped, and if the series is going to go seven like I anticipate, there's going to be one of those games 
Maybe it's this game one that we're watching right now as Michael Porter Jr. knocks down a bucket for Denver. Maybe it's this game one we're watching right now since it's off to a slow start right now. Maybe it's game two. Maybe it's a game five in Denver. One of these games that we chalk up as a Denver victory is going to be one of those grinded out, ugly, 103 to 101 games where the Miami Heat voodoo magic comes through at the end. And maybe it doesn't happen. I just think it's probable to happen because I'm done doubting the Miami Heat on that one. They've been able to do it against similar caliber opponents as Aaron Gordon dunks the ball in and Jimmy Butler hit a three-pointer right before that. I think it was in the face of Jokic, too, that he hit the three-pointer. But we've seen similar caliber teams in Milwaukee and Boston lose those games that are 103 to 101. Uh, Really, Miami almost won that game in uh, game six, also doing the same thing. They've even lost those games where they were down 10 with four minutes to play or down seven with two minutes to play. And the voodoo magic of six free throws and a three-pointer and some stout, timely defense ended up being the difference for them. And I think they could pull something like that off as they moved forward into the next round of the playoffs, which is obviously the NBA Finals. I know it's the last round of the playoffs, but I only gave Denver the 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 quid pro quo through the first three rounds of the Western Conference playoffs because I knew the rest of the Western Conference was shit. And I ended up being proven right because everyone was like, the Western Conference is wide open this year. I'm like, no, the second conference final spot in the West is wide open. The best team in the West is pretty clear. The team that's going to win the West is pretty clear. That's Denver. And now that Denver's here, I knew the Eastern Conference was the much stronger conference. We did the breakdown of this uh, when we looked at the nerd stats. The nerd stat playoff preview was a show that we did uh, second week of April. uh, In that week in between the end of the regular season and the playoffs where... Look, five of the six best teams in the NBA this year were in in the Eastern Conference. The Nuggets were number three, Boston was number one, Cleveland was surprisingly number two according to the statistics there. I don't know what happened to Cleveland in the playoffs because they just, their their exit was as simple as they just couldn't shoot for shit against the, the New York Knicks defense. I mean, they had an 80-point game and an 82-point game in that series, which was just genuinely shocking to see any team put up 80 and 82 points in the Lord's year of 2023, but Boston was number one, Cleveland was number two, Philadelphia was number four, Milwaukee was number five, the New York Knicks were number six, surprisingly the Memphis Grizzlies were still number seven, Sacramento was number eight in the regular season, like all season long the best teams were in the east and so I thought whoever would come out of the east would give Denver a run for their money and while I thought it would be one of the three, I think all of us thought it would be one of the three between Milwaukee, Boston, and Philadelphia, Miami conquered two of those teams to get here, and I am done doubting that basketball voodoo magic that they have as the Struce is loose from three-point... Oh, he missed it, damn. I was hoping the Struce would be loose. Uh, we're five minutes into the game. It's eight to seven right now. They're going to go Gordon mismatch. Okay, yeah, he got it. Man, that's going to be interesting. Like, if they can mismatch... Because the Nuggets have ton of length, and... That's obviously talking about Bruce Brown, Aaron Gordon. Ooh, pull-up jumper gave Vincent. Nice shot. Uh, obviously, you're talking about Gordon, Bruce Brown, Michael Porter Jr. You could kind of say Jamal Murray is length, but I think he's more of guard length. I'm talking about like six foot eight dudes with seven foot two wingspans. And because Denver's got a lot of those dudes, it's going to be interesting to see how they 
mismatch against Miami because Miami's going to run the the three undrafted guys with Jimmy and Bam. I'm pretty sure that's their closing lineup. Oh wait, I forgot Tyler Hero might be coming back in this series. That's going to be weird if Tyler Hero comes back. <laughs> I'm just so used to this team being a bunch of undrafted dudes, couple old Hall of Famers, and Jimmy and Bam. But they're going to run a starting lineup of Max Struess, Caleb Martin, and Gabe Vincent. And those dudes, yep, there you go. Aaron Gordon just mismatched uh, Struess again. There you go. Aaron Gordon just bullet. See, as I'm saying it, Aaron Gordon just had a second straight possession where he just goes down and bumps Max Struess inside. Aaron Gordon's already got eight points. He's Think about that. In the first game of the NBA Finals, Aaron Gordon took six shots in the first five and a half minutes of the game. Think about that. Aaron Gordon took six of the Nuggets shots in the first five and a half minutes of the game. And there's no disrespect coming out of that for Aaron Gordon. Like Aaron Gordon was the second best player on that team this season. Aaron Gordon was without question the second best player. All the nerd stats, all the advanced analytics confirmed it. He is the second best player on the Denver Nuggets. In the playoffs, that's flipped because Jamal Murray has been more of a focal point of their offense than he was in the regular season. But for the most part... Aaron Gordon has been the second best player on the team. I'm just, no one would have thought coming out that Aaron Gordon would take six shots within the first five and a half minutes of the first game of the NBA Finals. I would not have guessed that. Let me look it up right now. I think Aaron Gordon took more shots than the entire rest of the Denver Nuggets team. The Denver Nuggets, it's 14 to nine, six and a half minutes left in the first quarter. Uh, Team stats... It's a tie. 12 shots for the Nuggets to start the game. And the Nuggets and the Heat have, let's see, well, they each have a similar number of possessions, but still, it is kind of interesting to think about Aaron Gordon taking six shots, hitting four of them right against the bucket right there. Also, Gabe Vincent's guarding Michael Porter Jr., uh, that was something that got brought up in the uh, one of the blogs that's talking about this game. You got Gabe Vincent guarding Michael Porter Jr. That's going to be interesting to see happen. I don't know what the matchups or what the uh, I don't know what the um, not the matchups. I don't know what the length of Denver compared to that's going to be. But Miami kind of knows where their bread is buttered on that one. And again, Michael Malone's a good coach. Aaron Gordon's aggressive inside as he's been his entire career. It'll be really interesting to see if they keep that up or if foul trouble kind of like changes the way that they run their offense or even just strategy changes the way they run their offense coming up over the next few games. Because again, Aaron Gordon took six shots right out the gate to start the NBA Finals. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping in here to the Take It Easy podcast. Again, we're going to have Tons of coverage coming out after every NBA Finals game or during every NBA Finals game. We're going to work through some of these broadcasts and we're going to work through all of these in a timely manner. We're going to have Game 2 broadcasts coming up later. We do this show every Monday through Friday as well as Wired Up on Sundays occasionally. We'll see if Wired Up comes into play this week if something so significant happens in Game 2 or if there's a big sports story we want to break down. We will come around once again. Enjoy the NBA Finals. Enjoy your evening. We'll talk to you again next week. And in the meantime, take it easy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.